Do you want to know the one secret that everybody's keeping from you about how to live your most healthy life? You won't find this on YouTube or Instagram, and they won't tell you this because it'll cost lots of people lots of money. You ready for it? Well, the secret is don't ever listen to someone who says there's only one thing you need to do to change your life. Confused? That's all right. I'll explain this podcast. Let's get started. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Building Lifelong Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Renke. Thanks so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Our goal here on the podcast is to help keep you active and healthy for life through actionable, evidence-informed education. Really appreciate being here. In this podcast, we're going to talk all about how to spot a fraud or a charlatan or a snake oil salesman or whatever you want to call it. How do we find someone who doesn't have your best interest in mind? We're going to talk all about that today. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on YouTube recently. I've been going through shorts and videos and whatnot. And just there's so much stuff out there. And it just makes me feel like ah, gross that I just want to kind of talk about it a little bit here. And the approach I want to take here is like, I want to be charitable. I'm not going to attack anybody. You know, there's a quote from the Bible that says, let he who's without sin cast the first stone. And so like I said, I'm not going to judge anybody specifically because obviously I have my own faults and I'm sure I have things that other people don't necessarily enjoy or like about me. But like I said, I'm just going to try to give a framework for how do we attack this? How do we understand? Like, what are the things we look for to make sure that we're not getting duped by someone on the internet? So there's really three big things that I think are the most biggest dead giveaways for someone's a fraud. And so let's talk about those now. Number one is if the people are a one trick pony or they only talk in anecdotes. So when I mean one trick pony, I mean that person is known for the thing, right? That is like the one thing they talk about. You know, they're the whatever guy or girl, their handle is at keto person or at low carb or at vegan, whatever. It's like their whole entire identity is based on that. Like I said, and it's definitely not just one side of the spectrum. So like if someone's pointing finger saying, oh, it's this people. No, that's not true at all. Like it is people who are, you know, tied to a specific approach. Like I said, the way I kind of say it is, hey, if you have one trick, then you really have no tricks. Because what if all of a sudden something comes up and we find that, oh, this actually isn't the best idea. Well, then you have no ground to stand on. You have no leg to stand on. It's so, like, that's a big thing. So another thing too, is a lot of times like, people will always talk about like, this is the way, like this is the way to do it. And they talk about anecdotes. So, you know, the first thing is, like I said, if someone has one trick, then they have no tricks. Because if you have only one trick and they, someone wants to try something else, like it doesn't fit in their brain, their framework. And so like the kind of circuits going overload and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. You must be wrong. And so that's like the number one thing. If it's like they're, they're saying this is the only way, then I think it's kind of a little questionable. And then another thing is a lot of the, a lot of times hand in hand with this is, you know, they have the one way and then it's anecdotes, lots and lots of anecdotes. So anecdotes essentially are just stories. So people say, Hey, I did this and I did better. So people say like, you know, so-and-so diet saved my life. And therefore this is the right way. And I become a, a disciple of this. And I'm not here to discount people changing their life with diet. Like obviously dietary and lifestyle changes can be incredibly powerful and it can have huge impact on people. So I'm not I'm not discrediting that at all. It is, it can happen. You know, I did it myself. And so it is super, super powerful. But that being said, a lot of times we kind of take it to the nth degree where it's like, I did this. So therefore this has to be the way. And all the while they're kind of blatantly ignoring the thousands of other people who've had success with another approach. Like I said, the biggest thing I would see, like in terms of people in the low carb community versus the vegan community, you know, people who are low carb are eating a higher protein and obviously they're probably eating a higher fat diet than necessarily protein, but you're eating plenty of animal products. They're saying, this changed my life. Look at all my numbers. I got better. Great. And other side, the vegan saying, you know, look what happened here. So like we have two groups who both objectively have gotten significantly better in terms of all their metrics, right? Like things are getting, looking better, they're healthier, they've lost weight, their lipids look better, their cholesterol, their blood pressure, like literally everything looks better using different approaches. And so, like I said, if we're just using anecdotes, if someone's saying just anecdotes, then it's kind of puts them in a corner, right? Kind of backs them up there, like saying, what do you, you know, what do you, how do you make sense of this? And so a lot of times these people, they fit their entire world into their point of view, right? And pretty much won't accept anything else. So 
What's scary there is if someone is unwilling to shift their perspective on their knowledge, like, you know, they learn something new and they're still unwilling to shift their knowledge, then they're not actually interested in learning, just probably taking advantage of you and making money. That's the biggest thing for me is people will provide you with these strong anecdotes and personal stories that they've either done themselves or they worked with. But like I said, the problem is anecdotes can... Anybody can have those. And so it can work with anybody. And once again, I'm not discrediting anecdotes. Anecdotes are like a really important thing to understand. Hey, like, is there a signal to this noise? Like, hey, this seems to work. And we can talk about in terms of what it looks like. You know, when you have anecdotes, it's okay as long as we understand the underlying mechanisms. Like, you know, anecdote when someone says, hey, I uh, cured my cancer from this essential oil. Like that is an anecdote where like that, do not pass go. That can be very harmful. The other, you know, other anecdotes that are less dangerous than that are like, oh, like I enjoyed intermittent fasting versus this, or I enjoyed doing this specific diet. Like those are like, okay, they're all probably going to be pretty harmless because they're calorically restricting and like the overall goal is the same and the mechanism is generally the same. But like I said, if it's not super, super dangerous, then I'm okay with some anecdote, but then the anecdote is not necessarily clinical data, not reproducible. And like I said, there's a time and place for anecdote always. It's how we get our ideas. It's how we form studies. And also sometimes there's just holes in the knowledge of, you know, research that we don't have. And anecdote kind of fills that saying, Hey, like, we don't really have a good piece of data for this, but I've done this and that's so like a, definitely a time and place for that. But like I said, if it's just anecdotes and that's like what people are using to you know persuade you, then I'd always like wonder like, hmm, is there like, is there something going on there? And so, and because I, I say a lot of times I'll see people opposing anecdotes and they're just screaming on the internet saying like, I did this and it worked great. Like I did this and got, and they, they take that and they use their anecdotes and they die through the like, and they try to fit their worldview in it, right? They find studies and they cherry pick and they say, oh, look at this, like this shows that's wrong. And then the other person will go on the other end and say, well, this shows that's wrong. And we're getting this conflicting message. It's very confusing. And so I think what I'm trying to say on the long about ways, if people are having opposing anecdotes and they've had objectively they're improved in like almost every single marker of their health. Is it possible that there is more than one way to achieve the results you're going for? That's like ultimately what I'm trying to say. And this number one point is that when people try to say there's the one way, like literally just looking at people and objectively seeing, oh yeah, they've improved all of their markers and they use a vastly different approach. Like, is it possible that maybe there's multiple ways to get this right? I think so. So anyways, I believe that one enough. Let's move on to the second point is, is if someone uses lots of fear or shame or coercion or makes you feel anxious, like that is another hallmark of someone who's a charlatan, meaning they kind of do these things to strike fear in you because fear is a strong emotion, right? Like when you feel fear or anxiety or, you know, shame, like those are really strong emotions. And like I said, it's, I don't like how they do it since you're preying on people. And the problem is like, this doesn't really work because fear doesn't lead to lasting health. If it did, like nobody would smoke, right? Like people have seen the commercials of people who had their voice box taken out from smoking or whatever. And like, we try to scare people, like scaring people doesn't necessarily work. Change comes from within when people are ready and it's not necessarily from fear. And so that's not fantastic. But like I said, it is strong and can get people to do things for short term reasons. And I just don't appreciate when people make you feel bad about your choices. I mean, like, oh, you're doing this. Like, this is a morally wrong choice. And like, in, in terms of comes to your health. And the problem is a lot of times things are difficult, right? They don't know what to believe. And so they're doing something. And all of a sudden they see a person online who says, oh, like you should do, you shouldn't do this because this is bad. And all of a sudden they feel bad. And they're like, oh shoot, like I didn't even know that. And like I said, I just don't love that approach. And, you know, I don't like that they make you feel like garbage, right? Like the problem is what they do is they kind of manipulate you in terms of they say, oh, like you should be scared about this, right? Like, oh, like be careful about the water you drink, it's killing you. Or be careful about, you know, the diet you eat, like it's killing you. And then they offer you a solution, right? Like, oh, I have this bottled water at $8 a bottle, or I offer these vitamins or minerals that, hey, conveniently I sell on the website. And that's not to say people can't have products and do that ethically. I'm not saying that at all. But a lot of times it's a really, really good tactic if you say, hey, I'm scaring you into having this feeling. And oh, by the way, conveniently, I offer this solution as well. And so that's just something you have to look out for. 
Another thing these people also do is they'll demonize certain things. And so are there things that are probably worth demonizing? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not saying demonizing everything's bad, like cigarettes. We could probably demonize those. They're, they're not good. Like they're just not good for you to do, like I said, but that's a very rare thing to have like a uniformly agreed upon like this is really bad. But a lot of times what these people do is they'll demonize certain things, whether it's certain chemicals or foods or whatever, and they'll kind of make you feel like, oh, this is the problem. You know, for the longest time, people will say it's this certain food group or it's this certain chemical inside there. When we looked at studies and that's what it is. And a lot of times they will demonize things that fit their agenda. It's just this one really small thing. And so that's another thing to look, for, look out for. People are like really, really demonizing lots of different things. Just kind of should bring your antenna up to kind of look for it. Another thing these people also do is they'll use fancy language or jargon as we call it. And this is super common to people, right? So the internet is amazing. You can find so much data and knowledge and it's fantastic, the open source nature of it. But with that comes a lot of people who use that to kind of just support of their view without actually understanding what the underlying literature base looks at. So they'll kind of pick a study and you know, we kind of call it cherry pick. They'll kind of pick a study and say, look at this, look, look what's going on here. And a lot of times I see this quite frequently. People will find a specific study and say, oh my gosh, like this chemical is bad because look what it did in this study. And then you like look at the study and then you like attack, you know, kind of dig deep to it and you're like, oh my gosh, like this doesn't show anything. Like, like what they'll do commonly is it'll take some sort of animal study or even worse, a laboratory study. I mean, they have like just cells and they expose these cells to a specific compound. And then these, comp you know, the, the cells show increased reactive oxygenation species or, you know, increased potential tumor markers, all these like weird things that are just in a petri dish and isolated. And the dose was 20,000 times more than you normally see in a human body. So like they kind of take the worst case scenario in the least clinically applicable scenario, meaning like, hey, this doesn't apply to any human beings. It's just like in Petri dish data. So like the very, very start of things. And then they just jump to conclusions saying like, oh, look at this, this causes cancer. And they just do that to scare you and to say, hey, don't do that to fit their agenda. Like I said, I've seen this quite a few times with people, meaning, hey, like we looked at these cells here and they say this must cause this. And you can't do that with any academic integrity. Like meaning you can't extrapolate this to humans without like without like just literally ignoring understanding of any science at all like whatsoever like pretty much going from these mechanistic studies to saying it causes this is just a enormous leap that like no person with like legitimate academic rigor or integrity will say happens that being said obviously mechanistic studies is how we start and maybe that's all we have sometimes we have that we can say hey you know, in this study, they show this. So therefore I don't love doing this idea. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with like understanding and just like, you know, explaining things with nuance, but the problem is they see this and they jump to conclusions and they try to scare people. And then when they scare people, they're trying to fit them into their box and corral them into their world. And I don't respect that. I don't appreciate that. That's the biggest thing to me is like, don't just scare people because you are burdened with this knowledge, right? Like you're, they're the expert, they're the expert. And so I just don't think it's fair. You're not in a good position. So overall, like I said, for me, a lot of times they'll cherry pick things and they'll say, hey, this specific lab study, this rat study, and we should do this. And so you just gotta be cautious on these things. Yes, there will be times where we need to use those and that's the data we have. We can try to extrapolate the best we can. But like I said, if they extrapolate things without warning, then that's that's another reason for me. Like I said, it's all about the nuance. If someone's just once again, not being nuanced in their approach and saying, oh, this is terrible because of this. And if you look at the study and it's just a animal study or a mechanistic study, then I would be worried about that. And then going hand in hand with that, a lot of times, people will try to explain things in overly complex terms. So they try to confuse people. And remember, if someone can't explain something to you in a succinct fashion, then they probably don't have a really good understanding of what's going on. So if they use this fancy jargon and they're trying to be confusing and they're saying, oh, this, that, and the other thing, and these mechanisms here, at the end of the day, 
they're doing that to, I think, probably try to show off and say, hey, these are going to look, look all the information I know. But then they're also using as a way to confuse and kind of make you default to them saying, oh, like, I don't know what's going on. Clearly they do. So that's that must be true. So like I said, another thing to think about is if they're making it very, very complex. Obviously, there's a time and place. My lectures are a little bit different. And this is a little probably higher end in terms of uh, the way I explain things. But like I said, my lectures to medical residents will be a little different than the general public because there's just different levels of understanding. So I'm not to say there's not a place for complex talks because there are because that's medicine and it can be confusing and complicated. But like I said, if someone only does it in that fashion, then once again, I'd be a little worried unless that's their specific audience. And like I said, finally, in this whole category here, one big piece of advice I have is if you're consistently feeling worse about life or angry after watching a person online or you just feel like anxious, worried, whatever, like that's not good. You don't need to do that. You can put down your phone, not watch them. And like I said, you're going to be okay. Like I promise you, if you're following the things I'm talking about, and I know that's kind of like, a, oh, I should believe you, Jordan. Like, oh. But like you said, corroborate me with other things as well. Other people don't just believe me. But like I said, if you just follow like the basic things, like trying to eat a health promoting diet and exercise and sleep and try to manage your blood pressure and like all the big things to talk about, like you're going to do really, really, really well, like really well. And you can like get off social media. And even if that means you're not, you're not watching me, I'm okay with that, but you can get off social media and you're going to live. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Like you not knowing this specific mechanism of this specific thing, this like that's the problem with today. Like you got to stay relevant, right? Myself included. I get that here. I am posting every single week, but a lot of times people are posting just because you have to continue to post, right? That's what you have to do, but it doesn't necessarily change anything. You know, they're posting this, they're posting that. And a lot of times if you just step back and actually just like stop, like if you just take a social media fast, like nothing would significantly change in your life. Like if you just continue to try to eat your healthy diet and exercise and do the best things you can and check in and get your cancer screenings, like you do all those normal, good, healthy things, like you're gonna do just fine. And it doesn't matter how much you miss. And I'm guilty of this myself, like with podcasts or books. I'm like, oh, what if I find something cool I wanna learn about? If you feel like you're getting overwhelmed with social media, with information, whatever, it's okay to take a break click stop on the podcast. If that's, if I'm making you feel that way, you can stop now and change it. Hopefully not. Hopefully you're, you know, you feel re recharged here. But if you're feeling anxious after this, then maybe that's not a good person to follow necessarily. Maybe that's not someone you need in your life. Cause like I said, life is too short to feel that bad. So, and then the point number three is that when someone pretty much tells you that they know something that nobody else knows, right? Like the other day on YouTube, I, I YouTube premium now, so I don't see commercials, but I was uh, not on my account and I saw a commercial and I had to watch the whole commercial. It was just so fascinating. It was literally an ad about someone finding a secret book in a restricted section of the library that is key for fat loss. And it's like this thing that everyone's trying to keep it from you. And it was like this magic thing. And now they have it. All the Hollywood celebrities use it. And all like it was it was an incredible commercial. It was incredibly powerful and like emotional and convicting. And just like, oh my gosh, like it's just really, you know, and obviously I'm a physician, like I know better. No, it's, I know it's not the case. That's like not how it works, but like, I can see how people do that and they fall for it and it's understanding. So like, that's a big one though. It's people thinking like, I know something no one else does. It's like, I have this secret, you know, the entire world is trying to get you sick to then stay in the, in, you know, so, so they can put pharmaceuticals in you and all that stuff. Like at the end of the day, like, that's not how any of this works. Like, it's really not like people will say like, you know, you go through school and they're trying to make you sick. It's like literally the entire school I went through medical school, all that, like never once where they're like, Hey, we got to keep people sick. Like that's, we got, we got business here. It's like, no, like literally our modern lifestyle will lead to that. So there's never, ever going to be an issue for a lack of business, you know, quote unquote for, for physicians. Like that is not how it works. Like nobody's like trying to do it. Like there's no like secret cabal of people just be like, let's keep all the secrets away from them. And it's not how it generally works. And if it is, it's such a small, small group that like, there's no way they have any legitimate impact. And it's just not as widespread as people make you seem. Like I said, 
I'm maybe digressing here a little bit, but like I said, people will like to say like they know something that no one else knows. And at the end of the day, there are different ways of doing things. And that's not to say everyone who follows the general advice will always be incorrect. And obviously we see things change all the time. That's what medicine is. Hey, we kind of adjust. And that doesn't mean that one person who's countercultural won't necessarily be right. But that's not to say that it's a secret, you know, intentional way of trying to keep people away from that just doesn't seem the case, you know, but like when you do this though, when you say, Hey, I know this way, like everyone else mainstream is so wrong. Like that's wrong. It's a kind of this cool, like mentality of like, Hey, it's us against them. Like we're doing something that's countercultural. That's good. And they kind of create this problem for you. Right. They're like saying, Hey, like they did this or that here. I have the solution right here. Like I said, have you ever noticed that people will constantly tell you about this huge problem and that you're in danger and like, Oh, you know, here's the problem. What they do is they combine fear plus a problem. It leaves a great opportunity for someone to come in and sell you something or give you something. And people like to defer to expertise when people, you know, claim to have expertise. They say, okay, like I believe this person that's good. And then if you add in some powerful anecdotes, that can be strong. And so that's kind of like the default pathway. It's like, okay, I'll defer to you. This seems to be reasonable. And so if someone's saying they know something that nobody else knows, the odds are, you know, here are, the, here are the options we have. We have one that, man, they are like groundbreaking, revolutionary, and that's like amazing. And if that is the case, like what are they doing selling supplements online or whatever? You know, just, just genuinely think about that. Like if this is groundbreaking, incredibly new thought that nobody's ever had before, like what are they doing making videos on the internet? How are they not out there, you know, doing legit research and trying to, you know, get a Nobel Prize? That's like one. Or the other option could be that they are marketing to you. That's possible. And once again, I'm not saying marketing is bad. Like marketing is a part of the world. I get that. Marketing essentially is just getting your message out there. So I guess I'm going to market because I want to get my message out there because I believe in it. But like I said, if someone's doing it in a scary way or leading it to kind of, yeah, just kind of not necessarily the most honest of terms, then once again, it's something I need to consider about. Okay, and so I've kind of just painted this horrible picture of the internet in general, but hey, fear not, I'm gonna kind of walk you through how do we avoid this? And so number one is listen to diverse viewpoints. So this is one where if you find yourself going down a rabbit hole, right? And YouTube's really good at this. They'll feed you in the algorithm the things you want. And we saw this in the, you know, in the political cycle of 2020 and all that stuff. Like they'll feed you down a cycle that you want to go. So you just have to kind of think about are you an echo chamber? Like are, is everything you follow and listen to in one specific viewpoint? You know, like I said, if you're low carb or vegan, are you listening to others at all? Are you just in your echo chamber? That's like I like to kind of sit back and think, hey, I like listening to low carb approaches. I like listening to vegan approaches. I like listening to, you know, cardio people. I like to listen resistance training, like all these different things, like get these different things in your world, get different viewpoints so that you can kind of check and balance yourself a little bit. That's one way. And another way is to stay away from polarity or anger. Like I said, we see that this works, unfortunately. When you have this divisiveness, you know, you have all this political polarity, you have people on one side or whatever, like people always make things black and white, right? Like it is black and white. That works. That draws the people, you know, it's, this side, the right wing versus the left wing, us versus them. That works as we see in politics and in the world is when you get this emotion and you'll get people up there and stir up anger. Those are strong emotions and that works well. However, like I said, if someone is being super abrasive online, like being just mean and angry, and it's almost certainly for some sort of underlying purpose, right? For views or sales. Like, I just don't think people who are being legitimately like angry online are doing this because they genuinely care about people. Because if they did, they probably wouldn't be that angry or abrasive. They're doing it because it's a very beneficial tactic to generate views and sales and all that stuff. So in, in my opinion, life is too short to get caught up in anger and fear online. Like, You just don't need that. Yeah. You know, life is hard enough. And so like, once again, this is another reiteration. If you like consistently are on social media and you're finding it makes you feel bad, like you have permission from me, Dr. Jorders to say like, I'm just done with social media. Like I promise you 
life will go on and you'll probably feel better when you're not caught up in this crazy cycle of what to what to believe what to know like i said if you feel like you're angry like you don't need that life is you short and then Another, another way to go is, is to find people who don't just tell you what you want to hear, right? Like I said, people like who don't necessarily fit into a box, right? So find someone who will agree on some points in this, but uh, you know, maybe kind of have uh, a different opinion somewhere else. You know, if you're following someone who's like I said, just going to fit into the box, that's tricky. And I think we should really cherish diverse viewpoints and thoughts and continue to have an open mind. And then finally, the last thing to kind of avoid this is to have a plan and stick to it. Because if you have a plan and you're measuring how you're doing, meaning like, hey, these are the things I want to do. I want to follow these things. This is the lifestyle I want to live. And you're consistently measuring things and being objective saying, Hey, like how, uh, you know, how's my blood pressure doing? How is my weight doing? And you're measuring things and you're doing really well. Then like you're on the right track. That's great. And you can continue to do that. However, if you don't have a plan, it's very easy to be more susceptible to being right. You're like, Oh, should I try this? Like, should I try this. But like, if you have a plan, you're sticking to it and you're doing well, like still go, I, you can keep going. So sometimes it's helpful to have a trusted person to guide there with you, like a physician in terms of someone you trust and, and know and like saying like, Hey, I trust this person. Let's go. And I think at the end of the day, that really is what it comes down to is if you have someone you can trust, um, go with it and someone who seems reasonable, right? Like don't, don't just find someone who you like and trust because they agree with your opinion find someone who will respectfully challenge you in times. Um, but like I said, obviously you can agree on some things. I'm not saying you shouldn't like, if you really feel like, Hey, I feel like I just associate best with a low carb diet. It works best for me. So I'd like to have a physician who's able to manage that. That's okay. That's fine. But like I said, I just want you to be able to talk with someone who you trust, but then also that person who has multiple tools in their toolbox to kind of help things. If things go wrong, how can you adjust? And like I said, if you just have one skill or trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, that's not ideal. But like I said, have a plan, stick with it. And like I said, I think that will be helpful. So overall, like I said, to conclude this here, the internet is a very confusing place, but hopefully this is just a little bit clearer for you to kind of have a better approach on how to consumer media and how to make sense. I I hope I can be a voice of reason for so many. Like I said, if you felt that way, if you feel like, hey, this guy makes sense and this seems logical and reasonable, like I would really appreciate if you share this with someone that you think may benefit from this, someone who maybe is feeling a little overwhelmed, doesn't know what to do. Like I said, if you could share this podcast or my YouTube channel, that'd be great. So at the end of the day, this is all I got for you today. Thanks for sticking with me. Now get outside, get off your phone, and we'll see you next time. Disclaimer, this podcast is for entertainment, education, and informational purposes only. The topics discussed should not solely be used to diagnose, treat, or prevent any condition. The information presented here was created with an evidence-based approach, but please keep in mind that science is always changing, and at the time of listening to this, there may be some new data that makes this information incomplete or inaccurate. Always seek the advice of your personal physician or qualified healthcare provider for questions regarding any medical condition.